Warning, this podcast may be disturbing to some listeners. Due to the graphic nature, listener discretion is advised. Welcome from wherever you are. This is The Demon Inside with your host, John Venom. If you want to review a different episode of The Demon Inside, you can find them on Spotify or Anchor. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. A new episode will come out every Monday. And now, to our show. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors. And welcome back to the Demon Inside. Hello, my Demon Insiders, and welcome back to the show. Today, we're going to talk about the Demon Inside, Ed Gein. So, for those people that don't know Ed Gein, Ed Gein is the inspiration for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Silence of the Lambs, Psycho, Deranged, and a few other movies, but for the most part, those are the more popular movies. Ed Gein uh, was a killer in 1957. And the reasons he did it was very heartbreaking, actually. He did it because he had lost his mother and he wanted his mother back. He loved his mother so much that he sometimes wanted to be her. So this is kind of a reflective view of the Jeffrey Dahmer case where Jeffrey Dahmer didn't want to be left alone uh, to the point where he would try to eat his victims uh, or he did eat his victims. On With Ed Gein, Ed Gein didn't want his mother to go away. So he killed two women that reminded him of them and kept their body parts in the house. So, on the morning of November 16, 1957, Plainfield Hardware Store owner Bernice Warden disappeared. A Plainfield resident reported that the hardware store's truck had been driven out from the rear of the building at around 9.30 a.m. The hardware store saw few customers the entire day some area residents believed that this was because of the deer hunting season. Bernice Warden's son, Deputy Sheriff Frank Warden, entered the store around 5 p.m. to find the store's cash register open and bloodstains on the floor. Frank Warden told investigators that on the evening before his mother's disappearance, Gain had been in the store and that he was to have returned the next morning for a gallon of antifreeze. A cell slip for a gallon of antifreeze was the last receipt written by Warden on the morning that she disappeared. On the evening of the same day, Keen was arrested at the Westfield Plain grocery store. 
and he was taken to the Washora County Sheriff's Department. So the Sheriff's Department went into the house and looked around. Um, and the things that they found was unbelievable. I mean, to the point where deputies were getting sick. In the, uh, in the shed or in the barn, a county sheriff's deputy discovered Warden's decapitated body and it was hung upside down with her legs open and a crossbar at her ankles and ropes at her wrists. The torso was dressed out like a deer. Basically, she was gutted upside down and there was a bucket underneath her where the blood was draining into. She had been shot with a 22 caliber rifle and the mutilations were made after her death. So after they found the body, they went into the house and this was incredible that nobody ever knew that he had been digging uh, people out of the graves for years. He would wait and sometimes on the newspaper it would show that somebody had died and after the burial he would go and take them out or sometimes if they died in the winter the snow was so much or the floor was so cold that they couldn't dig out so what they would do is leave the caskets on top of the grave on top of the ground and wait until the uh, spring so that they can bury their the dead so as the authorities went looking around the house I'm going to give you a list of what they found. They found whole human bones and fragments. They found a wastebasket made of human skin. They found human skin covering several chair seats. They found skulls on his bedposts. They found female skulls, some with the tops sewn on. Bows made from human skulls. A corset made from a human torso, skin from shoulders to waist. Leggings made from human leg skin. Masks made from the skin of female heads. Mary Hogan's face mask in a paper bag. Mary Hogan's skull in a box. Bernice Warden's entire head in a burlap sack. Bernice Warden's heart in a plastic bag in front of the Elgin's potbelly stove. Nine Volve in a shoebox. A young girl's dress and a vulvas of two females judged to have been about 15 years old. A belt made from female human nipples. Four noses. A pair of lips on a window shade drawstring a lampshade made from the skin of a human face, and fingernails from female fingers. So not only was he using skin and other items for his personal use as far as lampshades or uh, decorations, you know, things like that, but he was also wearing the breast that he would cut off of his female victims 
and he was wearing their vaginas and he would go out into the full moon and dance in the full moon he would cut their faces off and put them on his face I mean he wanted to be his mother it wasn't so much that he was gay he was not gay he just wanted to be his mother so badly so after Ed Gein was caught they realized that he had killed a bar patron or a bar owner uh, who he also had basically cut apart and used her for all kinds of different things so when Ed Gein was arrested uh, they were curious because the heart of his last victim was actually in a pot and it was on top of the stove and this is where a lot of people kind of say different things uh, there's some people that say it was in front of the stove it was on the ground other people say it was on the stove and it was in boiling water now the whole time that Ed Gein was uh, in custody he never said he ate any of his victims but you kind of get the sense that he did also he was so friendly and so nice to the people they would have they never thought that this was a psychotic killer they actually trusted him so much that they would let him play with the local children they would even have him babysit so the parents could go out of course they never went into the house I mean every now and again you know one of the kids would go in to see the shrunken heads that they had thought he had got from overseas somewhere and in reality it was his people that he had dug up from the graves so after the trial um, he was sent to a psychiatric hospital for the criminally insane and just to let you know that Ed Gein is the only serial killer the only killer that has gotten away with murder by going to a psychiatric hospital nobody else has been able to do that people kept saying that he wasn't insane how do you classify what he did as sanity or was he possessed we will be right back after a word from our sponsors and welcome back to the demon inside so I remember the first time I had heard about Ed Gein it was actually from my mother who uh, was into true crime this was probably back in 77 78 maybe my mother uh, was always talking to us about true crime to me and my brother and my sister and uh, her sister's best friend when she was a teenager or rather when she was in her late teens she was actually killed by a serial killer so that drew my mother into reading all these crime uh, magazines and things like that so when she told us about when she told me about Ed Gein 
I, of course, was clearly fascinated by it. And the way my mother told me about it was when she was talking about the movie Psycho. She had said that this man's, uh, the Psycho movie was based on Ed Gein's life. And that, of course, the, the story of Ed Gein was so much more worse than Psycho. Because on the movie Psycho with Anthony Perkins, it's the love of his mother that drives him insane. On the movie, Anthony Perkins is not supposed to love any other woman other than his mother. And his mother is not to love any other man but her son. So it's a dynamic of kind of like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And of course, you know, we saw that with Jeffrey Dahmer, where Dahmer was Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde to a demon that he allowed in or he was allowing in. But with um, Ed Gein, if you ever want to see what his house might have looked like, of course, you can go into pictures and look through the internet and you can see all the photographs they took. I saw all those photographs when I was a kid in a book about Ed Gein. And I'll tell you what, when I saw that body upside down that was skinned, or not skinned, but opened up like a deer. So it got me to think that this guy had done this before. I mean, not not just the part of where he would take body parts and he would open them up and he would use their skin or use their, you know, whatever, intestines or whatever. But I'm pretty sure he had killed before he ended up killing the two women that they caught him for. Because you don't just go into a store nonchalantly, you know, grab a rifle off of the rack, put a bullet into it. Now, this was way before... We've had all these regulations about guns and about the ammo and you're not supposed to do all that or store that, you know, near the same place. But he took that round and he put it into the uh, rifle and shot her point blank. Then he grabbed her by the legs, put her in the truck, drove her home or drove her to his home, left her there, came back, grabbed his car and drove off. So, he was super comfortable with that. And I think that it's possible there were other killings that he did. And according to the police, there was so many people that had gone missing at that time. So, they're thinking at least, at the least, he killed seven people. Now, when I was a kid, I went to go see the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And it, that is also based on Ed Gein. And if you ever want to see more or less what his house might have looked like uh, in color, because all the pictures from back then are in black and white, uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is actually probably pretty close to what his chairs look like, his uh, light, lamp light, and, you know, all the other things that 
are decorating that house they because they took a lot of it from his house to make that movie i mean to the pictures they they started you know trying to duplicate them and things like that and on the movie texas chainsaw they actually used real bones from animals and i think also some cadavers if i'm not mistaken they used skeletal systems from actual people so like i said if you want to see what ed gein's house looked like you should watch the first texas chainsaw massacre because that's a pretty good interpretation of what his house was so now i'm going to do something i haven't done in a while we're going to do the three things that i've always talked about on other shows and it's the logical the medical or the spiritual so the logical part of me or the logical part of it Gein was there really was no logical part to Ed Gein. I mean, he was really sick. He was very medically, uh, mentally ill. His mother, his father, his brother, I mean, all of them screwed him up. And I think he was already screwed up to begin with, and it's just something that happens. So logically... There is no logic to this. Medically, of course, I just said, this poor guy probably lived as a child for his whole life with his mother telling him what to do. And he had no other way of living his life. He never grew up, really. And the only way that he knew he could grow up was to be his mother who was a grown-up and to get that power and to be that person, that strong-willed person that she was. Now, the spiritual. So, I do believe there was demons in that house. I'm not sure if they were in him, but I do know that whenever evil is around, demons are around because they love to watch they love to be there when things are basically going to hell. And I'm sure there was gloom in the air, you know, you could probably feel it. And so I tried to find a demon that had these uh, obsession or an obsession demon. Uh, a demon that would covet or a demon that would keep something to the point where it wanted it so bad that it just mauled it and kept it but i couldn't find the name of a demon that would do that so maybe if somebody finds a name of that demon they can send it to me at the demon podcast at gmail.com and let me know and now i want to send a shout out to my best friend, Duke Anthony. Duke Anthony, poor guy. I had him going to the movies with me when we were kids and we watched the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and probably every horror movie in the 80s. If you get a chance, go to Charlie Bravo uh, in San Antonio. Charlie Bravo is a band that Duke is the leader of and the founder of 
and uh, they play really good music here in San Antonio. So if you get a chance, go to his site, listen to some of the music, hit like, as well as with my podcast. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Demon Inside podcast and hit like because uh, subscribing and hitting like actually helps me out a lot. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed the show and we will return next week with another episode. And also, don't forget, I started doing a new podcast called If I Was the Killer, where I give you the killer's point of view to some of these cases that I believe somebody else did it. And, uh, of course, I don't give any names because they are very publicized. So if you listen to them, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, I'll make sure of that. And make sure you subscribe to that as well. Uh, remember, I'm on Spotify. I'm on Anchor. I'm on Google. I am pretty much on everything, even iHeartRadio, which is an amazing leap for me. So if you guys could please support my podcast, subscribe, uh, make sure you hit like and respond to some of my questions. You know, I put questions out there with a lot of these podcasts and uh, you're more than welcome to, to ask questions or answer questions. I have Kane who's out there who actually answered some of my questions and I appreciate that because it makes me feel like I'm not talking to myself and it actually makes me feel like doing more podcasts and once again i'm just letting you know now i do not know how to get in touch with demons i don't know who the devil is i don't i'm not an evil person i never sold my soul so please those of you that keep responding to my facebook and asking to see a demon that's not what this show is about and you probably haven't listened to my show so knock it the hell out are you freaking me out all right people so i appreciate you my demon insiders for listening and i will see you next week with a new podcast thanks for listening Don't forget to subscribe to The Demon Inside on Spotify, Anchor, or any other podcast directory or through our website, anchor.fm backslash The Demon Inside. A new episode of The Demon Inside comes out each Monday. Let us know what you think and join the conversation on our Demon Inside Facebook page and on Instagram. We thank you for listening and hope you'll join me next Monday for a new Demon Inside. If you enjoyed this episode, tell your friends. I'm John Venom. We'll see you next time. If I don't get possessed. The Demon Inside was created and written by James Porter. It's a production of Venomous Entertainment. Theme music, Demon Inside, is on the album Conjure One by Reese Fulber. Background music was created by Lucas Key.